Welcome to the DAS Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, SEL Consultant and Dean of Students. Here on the DAS, relationships and communication come first. That's why every week our goal is to provide social-emotional learning solutions for your school community. You can learn more about me and the DASH podcast at TreyGamers.com, where you'll find our middle and high school SEL workbook, Every Decision Counts, more about the DASH podcast, and my story through education. And if you are in need of accessible, autonomous, continued education, check out our adult SEL platform, seleducators.com the only platform dedicated to adult social-emotional learning activities. Lastly, we want to give a big thanks to the Teach Better Podcast Network for putting together a collection of podcasts dedicated to supporting the entire school ecosystem through in-depth conversations that you care about. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is The Dash. Welcome back, educators. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, back with another episode of SEL Foundations presented to you by the Dash Podcast. I'm really getting in my flow here and I'm I'm feeling really good about um, these solo episodes. You know, we are on episode 190 now. And so the, the switch up, the pivot is really crucial for us to continue to transition and continue to grow. Um, not that interviews were getting stale, but just something different. You know, we've been doing interviews for, for four years and now um, just taking more time to, to use my own voice for that matter. You know, I've been highlighting the voices of um, renowned education educators across the world and a lot of wisdom has been instilled in me. A lot of resources have been instilled with me and, and honestly, I call having a podcast a cheat code because you get an excuse to reach out to so many amazing people who do so many amazing things and can change so many amazing lives. I've gotten so much value from the people that have come on the podcast um, and want to continue to add that value to everyone that's listening in this current moment. So today we actually have an article for you by Angela Duckworth, who is a phenomenal uh, researcher and psychologist, behavioral scientist. um, And in this article is actually from January 2021. What will your students remember about you? What will your students remember about you? Um, I, I thought that was a great question. And there's some great responses in here as well about what our teachers or what our students might remember with us. Which teachers have the deepest impact on students? The best way to develop a deeper relationship with your students is to think about who your mentors have been and how they've supported you. There's an article that she wrote in the Character Lab tip of the week, but this here is what I wanna highlight too. This is a very short article. Think of a mentor you never properly thanked. Write them a letter expressing what they mean to you. And if you have the courage, read it to them aloud. This was a task that Ms. Duckworth gave to her undergraduate students. And what she found afterwards was um, after they described their mentor, she plotted 
their descriptions or, or how they felt about their mentor on this chart here. So if, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, you may want to check out YouTube, visit Trey Gamer so that you can see the video episode because I've got a graph up here that will give you a great visual for a confusing couple of sentences that I'm about to say. So the results of these mentorship letters after the students wrote the letter, they brought them all back and they described their mentor using two scales, demanding and supportive. Okay, so demanding, I think that's the X axis, supportive is on a Y axis. So mentors were dubbed permissive when they were supportive, but they were not demanding to their mentee. They were considered permissive when they were supportive, but not demanding of their mentee. Others thought that, or yeah, the, they became authoritarian. And you see there's only one person in that box. Authoritarian if they were demanding, but not supportive. You see where we're going here? Mentors were authoritative. That's where we want to be. This is this is the comfort, no, 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 the challenge zone, rather. Let's call it the challenge zone. Authoritative if they were both supportive and demanding. If you were neither, it was neglectful. So a lot of people chose to wrote, write about their mom, about their dad, about a coach or a family member. But the majority of people spoke about their teachers. And we're in a place right now where our students are being challenged. They're being so, so challenged um, to be better, to, to grow up, to mature. We're asking our students to work autonomously from K through 11. That's never been done before. Kids are at home by themselves working on these assignments and asked to use an executive functioning level of skill that just hasn't been developed yet. So we've got to do our part to support and be demanding of our students so that they can be the best version of themselves. I was talking to a woman maybe two weeks ago and we were just, we were just rapping. We were just catching up about SEL and she made a statement to me that was so profound regarding SEL. She's an SEL researcher or a coordinator in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis School District in Indiana, Emily Dill. She'll be on the show later. She said, you know, too often people feel bad for kids who are participating in SEL. I said, wait, what? We feel bad for kids who participate in SEL, like the approach that we take with, hey man, th this kid needs SEL. This school needs SEL. Oh, poor thing. He comes from a troubled background. Let's give him some SEL. That was so true. That was so right. Including um, myself. And, and, you know, I don't think it's a explicit feeling, but an implicit or internal bias. You know, we tend to think that if our kids are coming from a low income area or a single parent household or that they, they've gone through life at an earlier age that we have, that we need to feel bad for them. That all they need is our support and we shouldn't still be demanding of them. That is false. We have a mission to raise a generation. If you listen to Ron Clark, he always says, we're raising a, a wussified, coddled, uh, some, some, some type of generation. You've got to push these kids, not feel bad for them, 
No way, no way, no way, no way, no how. Um, I know that there's, you know, different practices virtually that we have to adopt, whether it's multiple online platforms, multiple submission platforms, additional reading that you got to do. And um, I've heard the kids complain. I've heard my kids complain. And um, I actually had a conversation about legitimizing students' feelings versus acknowledging students' feelings. So when we are in these situations where we're being a mentor um, to our kids, where we're being a teacher to our kids, we don't want to escalate their emotions. We want to put their emotions in perspective and help them process what's going on with their emotions, with their feelings, and even with their actions. And so that's not going to come from um, say, yeah, you know what? You should feel bad. I'm so glad you feel overwhelmed. You, if you feel this way, then this is what you should do. But in, instead, we want to acknowledge, hey, I understand this is how you're feeling. You know, where is that coming from? How long have you felt this way? What could help you be better? What do you need from me? Being supportive to our kids, but also demanding in the sense that, hey, I understand that you're troubled and that you're hurt, but we got to get this assignment turned in. Or we've got we've to understand how to cope with our emotions. I might be rambling a, a little bit, but the, the point is that we need to be supportive and demanding of our kids. There is no need to feel bad for students who need your help. There's no need to feel bad for students in the hood. There's no need to feel bad for students who need SEL. We all need SEL. And, and our kids that we feel bad for, are some of the most resilient, grittiest, most tough-minded kids that you have ever seen. And when you push them, that's when they become better. When you coddle them, when you only support them and don't demand, you're creating a consumer. You're creating someone who always is gonna have to go to you to get their solution instead of it being a producer where they can create their own solution, where they can be the problem solver, where they can be innovative, confident, and self-motivated citizens of our global economy. Um, but look, I'm getting passionate now. I'm getting to start talking about our students, about our kids, about the next generation. We've got to be demanding of these kids. I remember my coaches, they were not easy on me. I remember my dad was not easy on me, but they never, they never put me down or put me in a position where they felt bad for me. Anytime they were demanding, it was only because they knew I could do better. Believe in your kids, understand your kids, get to know and build the relationships with your kids so that you can be someone that they look back on as a teacher that they remember. What are your students gonna remember about you? What are your students gonna remember about you? Perhaps you take a look at this article as well and you decide to write these letters to your mentor or have your students write letters to their mentor if they are appropriate at that age. Before I let you go, a reminder to visit our website, seleducators.com. You can subscribe on the homepage for early access to new courses, special discounts, free downloads, exclusive live sessions, and a weekly update of every podcast and all of the promotional materials that come along with it. So if you like this episode, share it with the educator who needs it, tell a friend, and come back next time because this is The Dad.